When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, November 27th, 2023. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by turning from Thanksgiving break, blessing Adioye. I'm a changed man. Yeah, how changed are you? What changed you? It's all the food. So much food. I had two Friendsgivings, Mm -hmm. which means I had two Friendsgivings worth of leftovers. And when I tell you, I've been eating leftovers for every single meal, every single day. Mm -hmm. And there was, on the first Friendsgiving, there was so much jollof rice left over. Just because, like, I think we overprepared. I think we had way more food than we had people. Yeah. And so I had a lot of the rice left over. I took it all home, which was the first mistake. I should have divvied it up. I should have sent it home with people. But I took it all home. My second mistake was the fact that I had a Friendsgiving the day after. I didn't take the rice to that Friendsgiving. Why would you not do that? I don't know. They I think don't need for, to know. I think for me, it was the fact that, yeah, it was already, like, this rice has already been used. Mm-hmm. You know? It's used rice. It's used rice. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to bring... Somebody's going to know my secrets. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bring this tainted rice to a second Friendsgiving. You know, like, I'm not... Come on. I'm not going to be a rice slut over here. Yeah. And so I didn't bring the rice there, which means that I've been eating rice for every fucking meal but at least it's good and it's oh it's great it's really good it's yeah. great but like my i think my body is starting to reject it my body's like no <laughs> like yeah. you can't keep hey, doing no, this no no more of this i had rice for breakfast this morning good for you before i came in good yeah. for you how much more do you got though i finished it oh okay. this morning yeah i finished it you did it everybody I ate so much goddamn <laughs> rice over this weekend how's your weekend my weekend was crazy man yeah so many ups so many downs so many things in between uh it was thanksgiving so of course that comes with the dinners and the meals and all of that uh, but what I want to talk about is I put my body on the line oh yet again, God. Blessing. This has been a trend. Is this another it, dog thing? It, it is another dog thing, okay? In 2023, your boy Tim Geddes has been trying his damn best just to stay healthy and safe. And at every twist and turn, people are coming at me trying to take me down physically. Mm. Usually they're four-legged friends that are lost in the streets, mm. okay? And you don't want to be lost in the streets of San Francisco, all right? No. We, all, we all saw Bay pick in the city. That was New York. I was going to say, first of all, I didn't see it. We all saw all dogs go to heaven, too. That was San Francisco. Oh, was it really? That was San Francisco. It was. But here's the deal, all right? For those that don't know, a couple months ago, uh, me and G went to get brunch. We leave, and there was a big-ass doodle just running through the streets, scared as hell, going to get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. So I spent an hour chasing this thing down, and it was just an hour of me running, bless. I can't do that. And the ramifications were felt for the last year. Like, I still... Feel that in my my legs. Last couple of weeks, we told the story on the podcast. I had to break into someone's house. There was just like a lot's been going on. Mm, all right, in my life, yeah. If things I, I had to go to the ER recently. Like, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of just dumb shit happening in my life. So, imagine my surprise when I walk out of my house this weekend. About to get in my car. I'm about to go play some Pokemon Go. There was a, a community day happening. I was really excited about all this. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed there's just a small little dog behind the wheel of my car. Behind the wheel of your car. Behind the wheel. Oh, like, okay. Just chilling, gotcha. sitting there, scared as fuck. In my head, I imagine the front seat, like they're getting ready to drive your car off. No, 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 <laughs> not, like, behind the, not behind the steering I, wheel. I was like, behind the wheel of your car? Interesting. Behind the actual wheel, behind the uh-huh. tire of the car. And I'm like, oh, here we go. 
And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I got to get this thing. He sees me. I see it. We make eye contact. It dashes. And uh-huh. it dashes to the busy street. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So I, <laughs> like, <"Tip, laughs> this, is, this is like, like, you know how people will make like the top 10 suit-ups in Marvel in, in, in the yeah. MCU, right? And it's like, you know, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness when he whips his cape. And yep. This is like your version of it your suit-up. It is. Where it's Tim's just like, a, he- here a we heavy go. sigh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so I start running after this thing. And then you, you play that delicate dance with these small dogs because mm-hmm. they're like, they get scared. They're like, am I running from you? Are you friend? Are you foe? I'm not sure. And I'm like, all I know is I am panting and I am dying right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm now like juking this damn little dog wearing this stupid little Christmas sweater that says woof on the back. <laughs> And I'm trying to get it. It's old as hell. Thank God this wasn't one of the crazy fast ones, but Mm. he's still a little guy, still way faster than I am. And Mm. now I hit a point. I'm chasing this thing up and down the like block. And I am (laughs) like I am at the end of of what I have. I have nothing left. We just ate so much Thanksgiving food. Like things were so bad for me. Uh I look over and my garage door is open because Cool Greg runs on the treadmill with the door open because it gets hot. Yeah. So I look over and my brother's just sweat pouring off of him shirtless, <laughs> just fucking running, blasting like Lil Wayne music. Yeah. So loud. And I have to like not scare the dog. I'm like, Cole Greg, Cole Greg. <laughs> and I'm like doing the fucking Chris Pratt Raptor thing with the dog mm. <laughs> to try to get him to stay. I'm trying to get Cool Greg's attention without like being too loud. Eventually my brother like stops and looks back. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, turn off the music. Come here. I need your help. I need your help. <laughs> It was a fucking scene. I love the fact that Cool Greg is your side sidekick in this scenario. My brother runs out, like jumps off the treadmill. He comes out, sweat pouring off of him, mm-hmm. and and it's like it just turns into a like, all right, tag team, we got this. We end up chasing this dog. We end up getting him, like mm-hmm. tag teaming, and we end up getting him. It, now we're like, what do we do with this dog? So we brought it back into our garage. Barrett, if you could bring up the picture, it's Cool Greg with our what he calls our little Thanksgiving miracle. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So here's the dude that this we got. This is precious. <laughs> and um, then it was like, what are we going to do? So I, I literally just went outside and started walking the streets, seeing if there was anybody that looked suspicious, like, yeah. like, like they were looking for something. There wasn't. There was like just a bunch of people who had their doors open that don't normally have their doors open. Yeah. So I like walked by. I was like, hey, excuse me. Did you just lose a dog? <sighs> and like, they're looking at me like I'm about to rob them. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like, what, what's this guy up to? And then eventually I see some dude like looking under cars. I'm like, it's definitely that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, are, are you missing a dog? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. Open the garage door. Get to... Motherfucker doesn't even say thank you. Mm. Motherfucker takes the dog and walks away. Now, I want to be clear. Yeah. I'm happy. It wasn't a conversation. I didn't want it to, to turn into like a, I didn't want too big of a thank you. Yeah. But I expected a little like, like a, oh, thanks, man. Oh, thank God. I appreciate it. It was kind of like, a, oh, I just took it. And I'm like, your fucking dog was about to die, homie. I thought you were, were going to be like, oh, yeah, I brought him over. And he was like, that's not my dog. I could have sworn that's where that was gonna I go. I wouldn't have been able to deal with that. Yeah, and I like I wasn't ready for that twist, and so I'm glad I'm glad at the very least that you were able to reunite the dog with its owner. Yeah. But yeah, like I feel like so, some level of oh man, thank you so much. Like I appreciate it. This could have gone the wrong way. Just something. Yeah. You know I mean? And it's honestly, if I'm being real, it wasn't even so much about me. It wasn't so much I needed the thanks. It's more like if my dogs ran away and someone had them, I would just be so happy to s- that they're okay and to see like yeah. there'd be some level Especially of like this some man is, emotion. This man is looking under cars. Which means that he knows his dog has this trend to like hide under cars, exactly. and so if that's the case, yeah, like your there's a good chance that your dog could have been fucked. <laughs> yeah, man. Ah, oh. good for you. Good for you yeah, for being the you. dog superhero. For Great, the I'm the dog whisperer, which is the last thing I want to be. I'm just not equipped for this physically, guys. Hey, man, it's not about what you want; it's about what the city needs. <laughs> right, <You> really. <laughs> the are. city needs you. <laughs> Dude, so real quick before we get into the news and stuff, I want to talk about something that is 
uh, tangentially video game related, but something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. Mm. Scott Pilgrim takes off the Netflix mm. uh, show that if you guys don't know is uh, from the creators of Scott Pilgrim, both the graphic novel and the movie. Brian Lee O'Malley. Um, Brian Lee O'Malley. It features the entire voice. Uh, the, the voice cast is the entire cast of the movie, the Edgar Wright movie. Um, the music is done by Anamana Gucci, uh, who did the music for the Scott Pilgrim video game. The art style, it's a, it's a full-on like anime, and the art style is inspired by the, the um, graphic novel. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it's all on Netflix right now. It is a um, like follow-up series, I would say, to the, the original story, taking a lot of, uh, of, of elements of the original and expanding on it. Uh, but spoiler-free, both Bless and I have watched this and completed it. Uh, I just want to talk about it for a second because oh, yeah. I am completely blown away with this thing, man. Like yep. it is honestly the type of uh, show that I watch. I'm like, it is a miracle that this exists. Like that's something that is this true to the spirit of uh, a property that we've fell in love with over the years. And I, that I feel like is so formative to who we are. And like, just as a culture where it's like so weirdly, like it's video game culture, but it's also not, it's also like, indie music culture yeah. and like the and the toronto canada scene like things that some of these things mean more to me than others but the way that they all kind of blend to be this like very specific identity and to see that identity in anime form with all the production value in 2024 is so impressive and as the show went on like episode one i was like this is neat mm -hmm. episodes two through something i was like oh I, I like this a lot yeah by the end of it i'm like I loved that. Yeah. I think it's such a perfect addition to what we already have as Scott Pilgrim. Cause I'm somebody who I never got around to the graphic novels, right? Like I would check them out at school and then like be like, Oh wait, no, I don't read. <laughs> and I Put them back. Uh, but I really love the Scott Pilgrim movie when that came out with Michael Sarah in the cast. And that made me fall in love with that world. That made me fall in love with those characters and the way that they expand on top of it in Scott Pilgrim takes off in a way that is both like, you know, being true to the source material, but then also expanding on it and being very self-reflective on its own themes and how it follows up on those themes and how it like doubles down on the traits of certain characters in ways that, you know, does them justice. And then also at the same time, yeah, has a really cool style of obviously like the, um, the, the illustration of it is very much based on the comics, but the animation and the action is so off the chain. And the what they do with certain action scenes is so off the chain. And again, it reminds me of the things I love about the movie because I mm -hmm. love the story and all that stuff, right? But it was also the Edgar Wright like direction and the transitions and like the real cool visual flair and stuff. They keep so much of the same energy and translate it so well to animation. And like you said, like it has such a like particular, hey, we're going for gamers slash indie music slash like these very specific communities that, you know, you can picture you can picture the vibe in your head. They do such a good job of like, again, doubling down on that. And like, for me, as somebody who's, you know, I'm into gaming, I'm not necessarily into like a lot of the other things. I feel like I'm still a part of the, you know, the community here. I feel like I'm still part of the types of people that they're talking about. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it just does such a great job of understanding its own material and doubling down on it and leveling it up in a way that I'm like, I was blown away by the time I finished it. Foxy Steve says, the older I get, the more I realize just how much of a scumbag Scott Pilgrim is. Watch the show. Yeah. This show is the modern telling of this story with an understanding of everything that's come before. And in my opinion, they absolutely nailed it. I am supremely impressed with this. I would recommend it to anybody that is interested in video games and things like that at all. But if you're a Scott Pilgrim fan, 
watch this. And if you're watching episode one and you're like, I've seen this before, keep watching. Yeah. I promise you it is worth watching. They make the most of the writing, the story, the characters, the vibes, action scenes, all of it, man. They go for it. They didn't leave anything behind. Yeah, I think I've, I've probably mentioned this uh, places before where, you know, Scott Pilgrim's one of my favorite movies. I always say that with like a little bit of hesitation just because like, I understand what that comes with. Like, I feel like when you say you're a Scott Pilgrim fan, it almost has similar energies if you're saying a Rick and Morty fan. And I don't think there's anything super wrong with either, right? Like there are parts of both those communities that you look at and you, you roll your eyes, right? When I think of the Szechuan sauce situation at the McDonald's or whatever, it's like, come on, man, really? Um, but I've always had that feeling with Scott Pilgrim where I'm like, it's my favorite movie, but also I understand that Scott's a shitty character. I understand like the things that it doesn't do right, all this stuff. The Scott Pilgrim takes off, also has such an understanding of who Scott Pilgrim is as a, as a character. And also, like, I think Brian Lee O'Malley and the people who worked on the original stuff, they understood that. They understand, like, who, how Scott fits into all this. And it takes off, doubles down on who Scott really is as a character and making sure that, like, if you're an audience member that gets this, like, we're going to double down on this thing. Yeah. Right? And so for me, like, after takes off, I feel way less, like, way less hesitation on saying, like, how much I love Scott oh. Pilgrim. Absolutely. That is a great, great way to put it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check this out. Um, but enough about that enough let's about talk that. about some actual video game news everybody today's stories include game awards headlines read pop selling off websites and more um this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday we come at you with all of the video game news that you need to know uh, if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live on twitch or youtube that's totally cool later you can watch whenever you want on youtube or rooster teeth if you want to listen just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel uh to be part of the show you can head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content a little housekeeping for you have you ever wondered what greg miller was like as a small child we now have a definitive answer and it will not surprise you he was just as much of a crazy monster as he is now. Insane, the first man. episode of Greg's Childhood Home Videos is live right now for everybody on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. If you enjoy it, uh, all episodes are live right now over on Patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, a cool thing about Patreon right now, we did a town hall update last week. I'm um, just kind of giving an update on all of the uh, Patreon thermometer goals that we set out last year um, and when everybody can expect all of them. And uh, the majority of the things like but the vast majority are all live now for everybody to see, but even more things are out right now on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Um, so for people to get all the episodes of this show and a couple other shows, and over the next couple of weeks, they'll be rolling out to everybody uh, on YouTube, but definitely worth checking out because this shit is wild. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and then also a little fun stuff. We brought back every piece of merch that we've sold this year for a limited time uh, available till 5 p.m pacific on tuesday you can grab them before we retire them for good so little, you, what cyber monday deal uh, black just, friday just a little cute one i was you know gonna say I mean? black monday i was like no that's not a thing. i don't know about that but yeah no uh, all the the different lines that we've had this year you can go check them out on kind of funny.com a slash does that include store. the shoe for president is true for president it is on there yeah yeah you too can support shoe for presidency um over on patreon we remember blanks up all about our thanksgiving gaming gaming memories that you did it was one of my favorite episodes of remember yeah. blank yeah it i don't let the headline dissuade you <laughs> from watching this one yeah 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 
Um, and then thank you to our Patreon producers, Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. A best friend DM'd me last week and was like, hey, I work somewhere with a guy named Chris Roper. Is that the Roper from the Roper Report? And I was like, you're going to have to give me more information. You need a little more information? And I was like, yeah, it is. That's so it funny. It is that bad. <laughs> That's, imagine like listening to your favorite podcast and they have a segment and mm -hmm. like, you were, you go, you're like, huh? That's the same last name as my coworker. They have like, they have the 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 Courtney Corner, yeah. and it's like the Courtney Corner. Oh man, oh, it's named after someone named Barrett. And yeah, it is. Yeah, that's oh. interesting. Yeah, it turns out to be your coworker. Yeah, Barrett Courtney. I, I, I will say my dad has gone through that, where people he has worked with have been like, wait, I know this guy named Barrett Courtney on a thing. And he talks about like a dad from Ohio. Is that you? That's that's so funny. So yeah. funny. Yeah. God bless the world. Uh, story number one, Game Awards is moving away from world premiere. Well, Sandy Robinson and VGC. I don't know if we're ready for this news story. This is, this is Let me tell crazy. you, the first half of this report report was very, is very fun. Yeah. Because it all comes from a Jeff Keighley stream, like a Q&A that he did yesterday. A lot of interesting tidbits. Huh. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. let's bit those tids, everybody. Uh, the Game Awards host and producer Jeff Keighley has revealed that this year's show is moving away from its familiar world premiere branding. Speaking during a Twitch Q&A on Sunday, Keighley explained that for this year's show, the organize organizers wanted all of its game reveals, whether they're game announcements or first looks, to be able to be stand by to stand side by side at the event. Asked by a viewer about the number of world premieres the public should expect from the Game Awards, uh, Keeley replied, I don't know if there will be the same amount. I haven't counted, honestly. I think around the same, but I don't know. Also, what is a world premiere? <laughs> what is a world premiere, Tim? <laughs> Excellent questions. Actually, you'll see this year, we often put up those cards, world premiere, world premiere. We're kind of moving away from that just because everything's kind of, is it a first look? Is it an announcement, etc.? So we just treat it all as great game content. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I can kind of see where he's coming from, right? Yeah. Like, one, I think in a show that has so many world premieres or has had so many world premieres in the past, I think seeing world premiere, world premiere, world premiere after, like, every other thing, I can see how that could get repetitive. And then also, in a show where you want to treat everything as a worthwhile thing to check out, I can see how maybe the idea of having one thing be a world premiere and then another thing just be, oh, just a regular trailer. I can see how maybe you want to balance that out a bit. I get it. And, uh, you know, I do think that that uh, it, it lessens it to an extent when it is like everything's equal because we all know it's not. So mm -hmm. it's like I feel like a problem that I've had with the Game Awards in the past is that feeling of is this an advertisement? They're all advertisements. But yeah. is this a, an advertisement? Is this a straight up commercial? Is this an update on something like and, you know, we always have that moment where we're like taking notes and then we're like. Oh, this is just a Geico commercial. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Um, so I feel like getting rid of the the world premiere stuff uh, makes that even a little bit more difficult. But at the same time, I think the last couple of years they've gotten way better about delineating what is a commercial versus what is an advertisement, as dumb as that sounds. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel that this isn't really going to get in the way of that. If anything, I just think it's, this is Jeff kind of looking at the criticism, uh, all of it lobbied at the game awards and trying his best to fix anything he can. Mm -hmm. And one thing is the amount of people being like, are there going to be more world premieres or less than last year? It's like when you're getting that level of questioning and people are going to hold you to it, it's yeah. like, all right, maybe we should just be a little bit more vague because at this point, Jeff's earned the platform and space. Like people are going to show up. People are going to make announcements and updates at the game awards. Like 
and they're going to be substantial. You know what I mean? We expect mm -hmm. that, and we know that people are going to show up. So I don't think that he necessarily needs to play his cards as hard as he used to anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised by this. I also wonder what has constituted a, a world premiere in past Game Awards. Because like, it's not just been new game announcements, right? Like usually it's a maybe a new trailer for a big game, but a big game that we've already heard of. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 at a certain point, I wonder if it stops working on the audience in terms of like trying to communicate what exactly is a world premiere. Because I do like the idea of it. I think there is a pomp and circumstance to world premiere, like, yeah. you know, appearing on the screen and I'm then getting a trailer. Sure. Yeah, it's like, it's such a hype thing. I wonder if maybe the move should have been to, hey, we're only going to use world premiere for brand new game announcements, brand mm -hmm. new exciting game announcements. Or maybe it could even be a tier of, hey, like, what we deem the cream of the crop, like the most exciting things, things like Hades 2, things like Death Stranding 2, right? Things like Armored Core 6, those will get the, the world premiere, whereas everything else, if it's not, if this isn't the first place where we're seeing this game, then it's not a world premiere. It's just an additional trailer. Yeah. But also I think there's a balance there because I don't know, I don't know how different that makes things from what they were well, before. I mean, I feel like before they'd still use world premiere just for, if it was a, the first time we're seeing a piece of content, right? Yeah. Like yeah. A, a mode or something, like not just a game announcement. Um, and that's where I think people can get a little bit like, like upset about it all. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, at some point it's like, hey, it's making people upset. We should, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The pros are outweighing, or the cons are outweighing the pros on this. But um, again, I don't think this is going to affect the level of announcements hype-wise or the quantity of those announcements in any way, shape, or form. I think this is probably going to be for the better of the pacing of the show and everything at the end of the day. Yeah. Even though I don't like change, it scares me. But I'm gonna I think it'll it. be fine. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just a few short weeks away from this. Is it next week? Uh, it is next week. That's, yeah, next week. That's next, yeah, like we're in a, we're a week and a half away. Wow. How excited are you for the Game Awards? I mean, I'm, I think, properly excited, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, I think, going to be a very, very exciting year uh, for announcements. I think the awards themselves are like, I'm, I feel more invested and interested this year than in prior years across the board of the categories uh, to see how spread it's going to be, how not spread it's going to be. Like, I, I just feel like um, there's there's more interest because of the level of, of quality of games this year across, again, all the categories, uh, specifically as you get into the the bigger ones. Mm. Um, really excited to hear the Game Awards Orchestra medley. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we are now enough years into a modern Game Awards that is post-pandemic that the expectations personally for me are higher uh, but I think that they're more easier met. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, it maybe maybe this changes as the week goes. For some reason, I'm not like as hyped. Like I'm hyped for the awards aspect of it. I'm I'm curious to see who wins what. But I feel like usually there is an air of, oh, what's going to be there? Like what's going to be announced? Like there there's some spec. There, I I feel like there's usually some level of speculation of, oh, what PlayStation thing are we going to see there? Because there's already like we already have an idea of oh yeah, Naughty Dog's ready to announce their next thing, or like, you know, Sucker Punch is ready to announce their next thing, or like, Nintendo's ready to announce their next Right now, I don't feel like Nintendo or PlayStation, I, I feel like we don't have anything big on the horizon. I'll throw Xbox in there too, right? And like, that might change as the week goes. That might change once we get there. You know, I'm sure we'll get another Hellblade trailer. I'm sure maybe Xbox has a new thing to show off. Maybe we get Starfield DLC or something exciting like that. But it doesn't feel like that stuff's about to happen. And I wonder also if maybe in my mind it's getting overshadowed by the fact that we might also be a week away from a GTA announcement. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm more are. excited for that. We are. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Here's the thing. Like, the like GTA that I'm thing excited for. is happening. It's not speculation. It's not like, oh man, it might line up. They're hinting. They yeah. said it's happening. Yeah. And within the, anywhere within, the, within what, the next two weeks, 
it could just drop. And that's fucking exciting. It really is. And I man. think that's taking up more of my mind space than even than even game awards announcements. Like I'm excited for the game awards, but I feel like it's not comparative to past years leading up to the game awards. Yeah, I mean, I guess where I'm at, it's just like it's hard to be any more or less excited for it these days because like we just again they've built expectations yeah, and they we know what hit, it is. We know what it is, and it's an exciting time. Like there'll be some good things. Some things will go too long. Some things will we wish there was more of. Like. It's going to, at the very least, be good. Um, I'm not expecting the biggest banger year of all time in terms of announcements, but it could be. We yeah. don't know. Like, I guess that might also be my thing, is I feel like Jeff ha has done a good job in previous years of hyping people up slash like managing expectations and being like, oh, we got a good year this year, guys. Like, you know, we got a lot for you guys to look forward to. And this year, I feel like he's not been doing that. I feel like this year he's been more so like, yeah, like, you know, we're excited about the awards. We're excited about the nominees. We're excited about, like, you know, the, the Q&A that he did yesterday. You know, it seems like he's been doing a good job of just talking about the progression of the Game Awards and what the Game Awards has turned into over the years. But he's not necessarily come out and been like, y'all, get hyped. It's happening. Like, yeah. we got the shit this year. Like, he's yeah. not done that. I don't think he needs to. Yeah. You know? I, I am excited for it, not because I think anything, like, huge is going to be there, but just because I was looking at... I was, like, putting games on my, like, uh, wanted list for 2024, 20, essentially. And I was like, damn, we barely know about anything next year. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited for. Just, that's like, fair. learn a little bit more about what next year is going to look like in general. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing is I, I feel like uh, because of where the, the cards on the table are when it comes to Nintendo, Sony, and uh, Microsoft, like, Nintendo, we, we know their Switch lineup for 2024. Yeah. It's, like, it's there. So we're just waiting for that Switch, too. You know what I mean? We're waiting for the big, big next jump, and I highly doubt it's going to happen here. Like, that's no, not yeah. impossible, right? Um, they did show off the Xbox Series X for the first time, but, you know, I don't think Nintendo's going to do that. Um, PlayStation, you know, they have all of their games as a service titles, but in terms of their core PlayStation Studios, a lot of question marks on what they're working on. I don't think it's time to announce that stuff, mm -hmm. specifically with Last of Us Part Two remastered uh, coming out in yeah. January. Like, I'd be surprised if we get any major PlayStation news. The the one thing, this is based off conversations we've had on this show in the last few weeks, God of War DLC. That's been rumored. Oh, I mean, and that be, could be a hype announcement for the Game Awards. I mean, that would be absolutely huge. And yeah, yeah that's a good place for that as well. So yeah, that that I could see happening potentially as a you know the high end of hype. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you get to Xbox, and I feel like they've kind of announced everything like we know all the projects or at least the majority of the projects that their teams are working on so i actually think that they're in a good place potentially to give some updates that are like meaningful like what if we got some actual dates in 2024 or like mm -hmm. what if we even got like maybe not hard dates but like some what's like spring spring and summer look like like for uh all the titles that they they showed off at their showcase last year right like yeah. um that could be exciting yeah and i'd be down for that you know it I think, yeah, because of where we know we're at with those three major console manufacturers, like Xbox, I feel like they usually tend to wait for like their own shows to announce new games, at least in the last couple of years, right? Like they saved the, the big news, the big new announcements for an Xbox showcase. Whereas like Game Awards is we get an additional Hellblade trailer. We get a trailer for something that we know, already know is announced. I could be down for an Outer Worlds or... Yeah, Outer Worlds 2 um, trailer. Some of that, I think yeah. something like that could be exciting, but I don't expect anything big and new for some I mean, reason. I don't, I don't think that they have anything big and new to, to announce. talk about, yeah. But because they've already they've announced everything, right? Like, I think they're in a different position than Nintendo and PlayStation there. Mm. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, we kind of know what their teams are working on. I guess there's mm. a couple um, 
like what's the gears team on i don't i don't think we officially know i mean there's that there's i guess yeah like there's the Indiana Jones game that we've not gotten anything on yet, right? Like, but we know that Machine Games we, is working yeah, on it. Yeah, we know that. Machine Games is working on it. Same with like IO Interactive is working on a um like a um, fantasy uh, RPG for Xbox. There's like the Kojima game that's being worked on too for Xbox. Yeah. So there's there's things that we know they're doing that we've not gotten like reveals for yet. Yeah, I guess that's and true. And even those I don't expect at Game Awards necessarily. Yeah, Indiana Jones, I wouldn't like that to me sounds like I, I don't think I would bet a house on it, but uh -huh. I, I like I think it's likely. Like I think that like that like there's a sixty percent chance it could be there. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be excited exciting, about yeah. it. Um, and then Perfect Dark was that oh, announced yeah. at Game Awards? Uh, that's a really good question. I think it was, but even then, like that was a different time. Like yeah, the Xbox is very like they've had their showcases now, and like they're, they're I think trying to define themselves differently. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what this looks like this year. But I I expect good things. I, I'm not expecting like reveals they're gonna like blow my ass out but yeah. like <laughs> i mean that's what gta is here for yeah I mean? exactly exactly um story number two a little more game awards tidbits here uh the game awards security will be tightened to prevent another stage invasion stage invasion is great uh jeff keely says this comes from chris scullion at vgc the game awards host and producer jeff keely says security will be tightened at this year's show to prevent another stage invasion both the game awards 2022 and this year's gamescom opening night live show were disrupted by unauthorized people coming onto the stage and speaking into the microphone the incidents have raised concerns for the safety of keely and the other guests who take to the stage to give and receive awards and discuss upcoming games in a recent q a stream on twitch keely was asked if he would be taking more security measures for this year's game awards to prevent a third stage invasion incident Keeley said he was, but didn't want to go into specifics so that would-be invaders wouldn't know the security plans in advance. Yeah, we are. We don't want to talk about that stuff too publicly just because it's security. <laughs> uh, we definitely have plans, and we're trying to do all we can to keep me safe, but also everyone watching the show, the audience, people participating in the show, and everything. It's certainly something we're thinking about. We appreciate the concern. Motherfuckers out there, be cool, man. Be cool. Don't do this shit. How crazy would it be if it happened again? I mean... It just sucks, man. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy almost of just like people feeling emboldened to do it because they get their moment and they get the headlines and shit. Like it is just so fucking unfortunate. Let people have fun. Let people mm -hmm. have nice things. When you do this shit, it limits the ability for people to have fun events and do cool stuff and allow the public to be a part of it or else everything becomes super rigid and structured and it becomes gatekeepy as fuck and that nobody wants that. So don't create that shit. Yeah, and I think you you also make people feel unsafe, right? Like, it's one thing to come through and, like, you know, um, cause some ruckus at Jeff Keighley's event, like, cool, whatever. I think the fact that you have an audience there, you have developers that are there just to talk about their games, right? And, like, as Miyazaki's giving his speech, a random kid's up there doing his thing, trolling, and it's like, you know, you don't know what's going through his head. You don't know what's going through the head of the people in the audience, right? Like, for me in the audience, one, it took me a second to even figure out what was going on, right? Yeah. But even as that happened, you, once that happens, you go, oh, shit, like, what is this, right? And then you get settled down, but... It's always a, a weird, awkward thing that can make people feel uneasy, especially when it comes to then figuring out how to throw these events in, in the future years and figuring out, okay, like, how do we beef up security? Do we make it a public event? Do like, those, are the, those are the kind of conversations that end up being had when things like that happen. And that's not fair to the people that want to show up and just have fun and like celebrate video games, right? And so be cool out there. Uh, I wonder, I do wonder what this looks like in terms of security, if it is just like, checking checking people's tickets more or like i don't, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if you can have like a security detail that's like 
blocking the stage, right? Because the whole thing is you want people to be able to come up and come down to accept their awards and, and all that. And the kid that went up next year just went up, or went up last year, just went up with Miyazaki. And so I wonder how you figure that I mean, out. That's, that's the problem, right? It's yeah. like, you need to be up security. You need to take this seriously. But there is just a limit and a level of like, well, fucks we are going to be fucks. And what are you yeah. going to do? And it's like, so it's, oh man, it's just so shitty. But sounds like they're trying their best to take this seriously because they have to. They don't have an option. You have to do this. Mm. When something like that happens, more than once now, it's like, motherfuckers, yeah. man. Be cool. Be better. Um, we're going to get to story number three. But before we do that, I wanted to give you a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Shady Rays. Tis the season of giving. Get the perfect gift for a special someone, yourself, or both. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures with an extensive array of styles and colors, you're bound to find the perfect pair of Shady Rays sunglasses. You already know I've been out Pokemon going and Shady Rays have been making me look as dope as I want out in the real world. And that's not all. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Shady Rays is currently in their biggest sale of the year for Black Friday. Don't miss out on the best deals for shades, snow goggles, and prescription sunglasses. You can go to ShadyRays.com and try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that's ShadyRays.com for their biggest sale of the year. We're back with story number three. The Game Awards has considered adding Best Remake and Best Supporting Actor Awards. This comes from, once again, Chris Scullion at VGC. Shout out Chris Scullion. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Scullion for watching the Keeley stream and then writing articles about it. Yeah, he was like, oh, I got nothing to do on a Sunday night. I guess, well, he's in the UK, so it was probably Monday afternoon. <laughs> uh, the Game Awards host and producer Jeff Keeley says he's been considering other awards to add to the show, including Best Remake and Best Supporting Actor. During a recent Twitch Q&A, Keeley was asked if there were any plans for new award categories at the Game Awards. He replied that while there are no new categories this year, the idea of adding new categories is regularly discussed. Nothing new this year. I've seen people online saying, why don't you have a best DLC category, which is kind of like the ongoing game category. Typically, that's been live service games, but this year, Cyberpunk 2077 is nominated. And when people ask why it's nominated, well, because they improved the base game in a big way with version 2.0 and Phantom Liberty. So that's sort of in that category. The other thing people always ask is why we don't have a best remake or remaster category. We've talked about it. I think the question is, are there five amazing remakes every year? Some years there are. There were some amazing ones this year. Obviously, Resident Evil 4 is nominated for Game of the Year. Dead Space, a bunch of other good ones that came out this year. And the question also then is, would those remakes not be eligible for Game of the Year? So yeah, nothing new this year category-wise, but it's definitely something that we talk about each year and try to evaluate the best way to go about that. Later in the stream, Keeley was then asked if a Best Supporting Actor category is something that could be added to the show, given the increased number of impressive performances made possible by improving capture technology. Keely replied this was another category that's been discussed, but its inclusion would have both pros and cons. We've talked about it. There are a lot of great performances. On the other side, we do have some people who say you guys focus a bit too much on the narrative aspects of games, and you're too much like the Oscars. You have writing and acting and those types of awards, and you should be focused more on gameplay-driven things. Supporting performance is something we've definitely thought about. I'm proud that our acting awards been gender neutral. We started in 2014. We don't have actor and actress awards. We really just blend them into one acting category, which I think was the right call we made back in the day. Very fascinating stuff. Yeah. I love to hear that this is a the conversation they regularly have because 
over the over the years, I feel like the Game Awards categories haven't changed that much. They added Best Adaptation, which is pretty cool, and I think the changes we get are very, you know, these small additions or sm small subtractions to uh, stuff they do. You know, things like um, what was it, Trending Gamer? They ended up replacing with like Best um, what was it Best Content Creator or content Best Creator, of yeah, the year, I think. yeah, stuff like that. Um, and so I like the fact that they look into this stuff and tweak and figure things out um accordingly i've also had similar questions of like you know best supporting actress and or best supporting actor or best supporting performer or whatever right and i think you know the point of like it, you know these are video games right and so like i think there has to be a balance of the narrative performative aspect of video games but then also the gameplay you know i think you can only have so many categories before it starts to get bloated and before stuff starts to get lost and so i think for me i appreciate that of Hey, yeah, let's just have best performer and then just have that be the catch all for that and then, you know, work on the other ones. Um, best remake, you know, that's a category that I, I, I agree. I'm aligned fully with Jeff there in terms of, yeah, like how many remakes are we getting in a year? And then also, I'm, on the other hand, I'm like, why can't, why, why do people have such a problem with the remake being nominated for game of the year? Like, I think for those ones, especially something like Resident Evil 4 remake, that's practically a new game. Like, that is from the ground up they are redoing everything like the gameplay isn't the same like that like it follows the same story the same template like there's there's similarity there but that's practically a new game especially when you go back to something like re2 remake right that is especially a new game i think for those it has to be case by case of what how much change to a remake constitutes something being up there for a game of the year like how fresh does it feel i can understand if people had that issue with shadow colossus remake back in 2018 because that is like beat for beat the same game but even then it's like well if it's the best game of the year then who is it harming right like what is that taking away um and so yeah i i, I like the fact that we still have the remakes being nominated in game of the year um but yeah i i i, I, I like a lot of what he's talking about here i i'm right there with you i feel like the conversation's important but i i think that there's at the end of the day awards and all this stuff it's all just made up frameworks to try to celebrate people and try to make money and yeah. that's true for any industry and that is impossible to not be true that's just inherently how these things work um because if you're just making a million categories to satisfy every single specific thing then yeah it, get, it turns into noise it doesn't become important anymore but the flip side of that means you have to kind of work within this rigid template of here's what the awards are so yeah there's best action game best action adventure game just best game it's like what's the difference really between these mm -hmm. like and it starts getting add rpg to that and it's just like Sometimes, you know, yeah. inherently you just know. And other times you don't, you gotta kind of make things work a little bit. And that can be very frustrating when Sifu gets nominated for best fighting game. Cause we all know that's stupid, mm -hmm. but also I get it and it's people voting. So it's like the people are speaking, the people are nominating. Yeah. It's not like it's just like a couple randos deciding this. Like, and that's another problem here is like the way this works is like, it needs five. You need the five different yeah. nominations and, um, like even like I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about this, so I'm, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I I feel like the the way that it all ends up happening is it is it's not Jeff Keighley deciding these are the games. 120 outlets are saying these are the games for these categories. Yeah. So we can disagree just as much as everyone else disagrees, but the majority of people that have been trusted to make these decisions chose this, and yeah. I feel like that kind of. Adding more or less or whatever, it's just going to make it different problems. It's not going to solve any. Of yeah, like I mean, I, I have my own suggestions, right? Like I've talked about before about how I feel like best action and best action adventure are basically the same category, and it, I could see combining those and taking best RPG and then dividing that up into best turn-based and best action RPG because I feel like there's more um, significant, like 
meaningful difference between those two categories than something like action and action adventure. And I think that is that I think that's getting into the conversation of a video games award show and how do you make sure that games are being categorized in the right way and how we make sure that we're honoring games in the in the correct way for excelling at what what they're doing. Um, but yeah, like for a lot of these, yeah, like you know, best remake, best whatever. Like I think it it does just end up being like. All right, how do we how do we how do we make this make sense, right? Like, how do we make sure that it's not becoming a a, a, um, a bigger thing than it is? And also, like, I think to the fi to the five games thing for best remake and best fighting game, for example, you know, the reason why Sifu got nominated that one year is probably because there weren't enough fighting games, yeah, right. And so Sifu gets in there because I don't know, man, Sifu's a game with really good fighting in it. Um, and I, I the solution that comes to mind, but I understand why Jeff and the team probably wouldn't do it would be to have like a rotation of those kind of categories where it is, Hey, we're not doing best fighting game every year. Instead we're rotating between best fighting, best horror, best remake, best, whatever, just based on where we're at at the end of the year and how many of these kind of games came out at the end of the year. I understand though, that you want consistency year to year. That way you can build this level of prestige around the category. But I do think that some level of that needs to get fixed or figured out. Cause yeah, I think when you have, multiple years where you look at the fighting game category and you go, uh, that's not a fighting game. Then the question has to become, do we have a fighting game category or do we combine a fighting game category with just best multiplayer or something? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like again, it just gets so hard because like, why, why is there a strategy, uh, section, yeah. but there's not a rhythm game section or not of this section and not of that section. Like you can always add more because there's so much to celebrate, but yeah. I feel like there's already there's problems inherently with how it is currently because there's no getting away from that. I think that's the the biggest issue with this. And I feel like if you added a best remake um, category, can you imagine how upset people would be? Oh, dude, that's, that is, a that's a remaster. No, that's a remaster. That's a remaster. No, that's a re whatever. Uh, what call it? Metroid Prime make it into, into this because it is a remaster. They call it a remaster. Yeah. Does then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth make it into that? Like, oh, don't get me started. Like it's just yeah. you know it's like there's we all fucking need to just try our best to understand intent as opposed to specific things yeah. being said. Story number four. Keeley weighs in on debate over Dave the Diver qualifying for best indie game. Guess who this comes from? Chris Scully. Chris Scully and the homie. Uh, the Game Awards host and producer Jeff Keeley did what I just said. The game's nomination sparked debate over what an indie game what makes an indie game? Because despite having the conventional lo-fi appearance that some indie games have, its developer Mint Rocket is a small team with Nexon, a South Korean company that made $1.8 billion in revenue in 2021 alone. Um, Keeley answered that the definition of an indie game is hard to define and that ultimately it's up to the Game Awards jury to pick up nominees. Uh, look, it's a great question. Independent can mean different things to different people and it's sort of a broad term. You can argue, does independent mean the budget of a game? Does independent mean where the source of financing was? Does it mean the team size? Is it the kind of independent spirit of the game, meaning a smaller game that's sort of different? I think everyone has their own opinion about this, and we really defer to our jury of 120 global media outlets who vote on these awards to make that determination of is something independent or not. Uh, you know, in other industries, sometimes there are things, I think in the film industry, the budget can be above this amount of dollars or it's not independent. So I don't know. Some people have said Larian with Baldur's Gate 3, that's an independent game. Kojima Productions with Death Stranding. Some people say that's an independent game. And even though that's an independent studio, of course, it's funded by PlayStation. Keeley also pointed out that some of the other indie games nominated this year's Game Awards have publishers, asking if you have a publisher, is that still independent or not? Addressing Dave the Diver specifically, he said, that game is made by a group named Mint Rocket. It's a smaller game from a smaller group, but it's part of Nexon. They're employees of Nexon, which is a very large publisher. So I think it's a fair debate and discussion. Is that game truly independent or is it not? 
and you can kind of argue it either way. It's independent in spirit, and it's a small game. I don't know what the budget is, but it's probably a relatively small budgeted game, but it's from a larger entity, whereas there are other games on that list that are from much smaller studios. But even something like Dredge is published by Team 17. So is that independent or not? Because you have a publisher. It's a really complicated thing to figure out and come up with strict rules around it. So we let people use their best judgment and you can agree or disagree with the choices. Cool. I could not agree more yeah. with every single thing he just said, where it's like, look, clearly people don't agree on this. So even if you think you're right, even if you know you're right, you're not because people disagree. And so it, there is a, a, a tear there. I think it comes down to if enough people are dominating this, and it's what it is, y'all. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with it, but also, like, I'm, I'm on the same side of, like, well, enough of, our, enough of us are idiots that nominated this thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're in that crew, right? We're, we're one of the Game Awards um, judges. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, we're part to blame, too. But, hey, like, I, with this conversation, I think we've got, one, I think Jeff lays it out pretty clearly. And also, we've gone in circles about it um, mm -hmm. enough over the last few weeks where... I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I get why you look at Dave the Diver and go, oh, yeah, like, independent game, right? Like, I, I think the only thing we're in here that I sort of look at is the term independent versus indie and how, like, I think independent has literal meaning to it, whereas, like, indie, made up word, technically, and so you can define indie however you want. That's the only thing. And I understand also that even when you look at it as independent, sure, like, if a game is published by Annapurna or if a game is published by Devolver, or if a studio is owned by Devolver and then published by Devolver too, like, how does that fall into all this? Um, I think it's all weird and made up. And so, yeah, it is what it is. And totally. And I, I feel like uh, if Jeff were to come out and be like, hey, we take the wording of these, uh, I don't know why I keep forgetting the word category. category. The, the wording of these categories extremely seriously, like if a, a game does not hit these, we're not allowing it in, mm -hmm. then, then it's a different story. Clearly, that's not the case. Again, Sifu fighting game. Like, at the end of the day, people are nominating these things in here, and we just kind of have to deal with it. Will it win? We'll see. We'll I see. Mean, possibly. Yeah. The stat is a stat category. Story number five. Read Pop seeks buyer for Eurogamer, GamesIndustry.biz, BG247, Rock Paper, Shotgun, and more. This comes from Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. Readpop is investigating the potential sale of its gamer network business. Uh, the UK-based operation includes GamesIndustry.biz, Eurogamer, Rock Paper Shotgun, VG247, and Dicebreaker. The business also holds shares in Outside Xbox, Digital Foundry, and Hookshot. Not included in the sale are UK-based events EGX or MCM or the digital brand Popverse. Readpop acquired Gamer Network in 2018 to create a world's leading events and media group for the gaming community. The, co the company already operated major shows, including PAX and New York Comic Con. However, the COVID-19 pandemic put a stop to these events, forcing the business to cut back, which led to the closure of US Gamer and the standalone EGX Resed event. Uh, the company said in a statement, Readpop, part of RX, has reviewed its UK business and decided to investigate the potential sale of its gamer network and associated editorial digital properties. We believe that new ownership offers the best conditions for the growth of the business. This is wild. Yeah. Um, because I, there's multiple places, there, like there's multiple big angles to come at this from, right? Like one, it sucks to see the sale of these outlets, or at least like it sucks to see the, the fate of these outlets kind of in the ether right now, right? Like, they have to wait and see what happens, who picks them up, like, how do they um, follow up on what they're already doing and all that. But, you know, you can look through that list and GamesIndustry.biz, like, 
that is such a that's such a good website that's a website that we reference on the show all the time for articles they do really great work in the industry and the same goes for Eurogamer the same goes for Rock Paper Shotgun Fiji 24-7 right like we reference those websites all the time I go to those websites all the time for video game news and you know as this year goes and as like I mean but as the last decade is gone, I feel like in games media, you've seen so many websites fall to the wayside. US Gamer was one of the ones that was under uh, Read Pop that we saw go away. Um, and that stuff sucks because the more and more you see that, the more and more you see damage to games media and games coverage and like, you know, games news and who's doing the reporting and all that stuff. And so that sucks. Um, I think the other side of this is like the events side to Read Pop, which I'm sure like you might um, uh, know more about, but like, you know, I've been to multiple of the repop thrown events and it sucks to see like, I don't know, events that I love, right? Like, um, uh, like pa PAX is repop, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I've been to PAX West and PAX East multiple times. PAX West, I was going every single year when I lived in Seattle and that was such a good, like community. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Like I'm looking forward to this every single year. Like this is such a fun time. Um, and I don't, I like, not that this, uh, articles is talking about like PAX or anything going away. Right. But like repop, having trouble read pop having this shakeup makes me worry about the future of things like PAX and the future of these big events and so um i hope to not see something like PAX go away right and i also hope to, to not see these websites go away right i hope they land in good hands but it is it is a very worrisome news story i mean remember bless it was uh just two months ago september 7 2023 that read pop and esa part ways over yeah. e3 like read pop was the E3 people uh, in recent years. Uh, so yeah, they, they've definitely been going through it. When you look at even their most successful conventions, things like PAX, like they're a shell of their former selves mm. uh, from like all accounts. Still fun, still great. But uh, you know, there was glory days, I would say of 2013 to 2019, really. Uh, they might've even been a little before then because they did overextend a bit when there was PAX South and PAX yeah. Australia and then all, all the RTXs as well that all the international ones were helped with Read Pop. Like there was just a lot of similar conventions, um, but there was still a, a very palpable energy to them and uh, uh, it allowed people to gather and like have community over all this stuff, which I think is so important. But then now to see, obviously because of the pandemic stuff that affect their, their con business so much, for them to then double down on the more digital media side of it. And then now mm. what digital media is, I mean, floundering, like things are just not good. Y'all yeah. <laughs> like it's, it is hard out there and we're seeing that. And like so many of the, um, the, the, the acquisitions, the layoffs and all this stuff, so much of it is bad people doing bad things. And yeah. then so much of it is good people that just can't make it work. And yeah. it's like, when it comes down to this, it's like, man, we just named like 10 websites and I'm familiar with about seven of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We go to events and we do a preview event for, I mean, I'm just going to say random shit like Avatar, the, the new game coming out. Mm -hmm. We walk into a room, there's 30 people there and those people have name tags that have these names on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's scary to think that like, I mean, we've already noticed this, that there are less and less names. Mm -hmm. As you go, there's less and less people going to these uh, preview events. And it's because it's essentially IGN. It's essentially IGN. Yeah. <laughs> there's IGN there. And then there's us, which is kind of like IGN adjacent. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And then there's GameSpot, but really it's Giant Bomb. And then there's there's like a lot of the like uh, Eurogamer and uh, VGC, th things like that that we're starting to see. But I feel like there used to be a hundred different outlets at mm -hmm. these events. And now it's like, I'm, it's happening before our eyes seeing like how it's dwindling and i look at this and i'm like this is not gonna end well this is not gonna end in these 10 websites existing yeah right like usually when we see this happen it is 
somebody picks them up, picks them up, and then it is layoffs, right? It is consolidation. It is figuring out how to lean up the staff. That way, we can maximize how much money we're making, and like um, we see identity changes, right? Like the thing that scares me is the idea of yeah, somebody picking up uh, GamesIndustry.biz or VG247 or Rock Paper Shotgun, and them turning into content farms as opposed to like actual websites that have actual people working for them with actual personality that are doing work that they're proud of and have fun with, right? Like you want to see writers and content creators given the space to create and given the space to try and move forward the industry, right? And talk about topics that need to be talked about and like write the articles that are, you know, pushing the conversation forward or at the very least, like, you know, reporting on news in a way that's great. You know, like I don't want to see any of these websites get bought up and all of a sudden AI articles. Like that is my biggest fear for what happens with this stuff because then you're gonna see the quality of this stuff go down and it's gonna affect everybody. Um, and so yeah, like on both sides of the uh, games media editorial side of it and then also on the game, big games in I guess like, you know, um, nerd culture events side of it. Like both of those I feel like are such important pillars of the industry that are that have been struggling in terms of maintaining their value and bringing in the money and man i don't want to see them go away in a way that's like going to tank both because like i again i love events i miss going to events right like you know the pandemic had such a big effect on it um but like in the heyday of going to psx going to pax going to another pax and then a third pax i love those days um and i think i don't know i think those are just so valuable to you know i guess keeping a community um and so yeah like I, ho I i hope this stuff goes a better way i hope we see these these sites and all these all the stuff laying on their feet but my hope there is like it's not like you know it's hope it's, it's hope. what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh story number six bite dance is restructuring its video game business this comes from andy robinson VGC. uh chinese tiktok parent bite dance is restructuring its video games business and reportedly stopping work on all unreleased games the company which is the parent of marvel snap publisher newverse uh told Routers? Is it routers? Reuters. Reuters. Yep. We've never, well, ever it, in a million why is it spelled world. Like that? Reuters? I'm. Is I don't. Is that a bit? Because I'm pretty sure it's Reuters. I'm like ninety percent sure. I mean, I believe it's Reuters. Yeah. Because like that's weird enough that it makes sense to me. <laughs> it is stated that it had decided to restructure its gaming business after a review. Upon further review, uh, we regularly review our businesses and make adjustments to center on long-term strategic growth areas. Following a recent review, we've made the difficult decision to restructure our gaming business. Um, according to sources, ByteDance will stop working on unreleased games by December and look for ways to divest from titles already launched. Uh, the source said the decision is likely to impact hundreds of employees, some of whom learned about the move at the weekend. ByteDance's launch of Newverse in 2019 was seen as a major push into the global games market and a strategic move in its competition uh, with domestic rival Tencent, which is the world's biggest gaming company. Uh, Marvel Snap said, uh, tweeted, Dear Snappers, don't call me that. Uh, some of our players have expressed their concerns regarding reported structural changes at Newverse. We wish to thank you for your concern and assure you that regardless of any changes at Newverse, Snap will continue to operate and flourish in the future. You don't like, be, you don't like being called a snapper? I don't know, man. Something about it just doesn't feel no? right. Mm -mm. I'd be snapping, though. You That's do be true. snapping. Are you still snapping? Oh, yeah. I, I was talking about this last month where I was like, I, I think I've gotten so into Pokemon Go that like I mm. think I need to let Snap go. Like oh. I, I need to just stop, at least for a while. And I was like... Once a season doesn't interest me, I'll stop. Yeah. And it's been like three seasons. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing this one. Oh my God. I think I'm just hooked. I think I'm in it for the long haul. But no, still having a great time with Snap. Um, this is obviously more concerning news when yeah. it comes to all this. Um, it, I, 
be willing to bet that the Marvel Snap team is going to be okay. And if anything, it just kind of like, because they've seen major success with all of this. Yeah. Um, it's more just like the the expanding into um, trying to be another Tencent, which, you know, maybe yeah. not the best either. Not the be- yeah. Okay. We want to be the number one top or, you know, uh, best revenue games business in the business, right? Like, uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough thing to try to try and achieve. Yeah. Um. But like, I mean, honestly, if if you're anybody that's gonna try to attempt that, being the parent company of TikTok isn't the is like I feel like you have the the chance to get there as the parent company of TikTok. But mm-hmm. also, that's also a big a big um that's also an easy route to failure, yeah. right? Hey, we just want to make a lot of money. Like we want to we want to enter the space, make a lot of money in this space by any means necessary. Like yeah, you're gonna look at your financials and go, oh, that's not enough, and then start to clear house. I would not be surprised if they look at it and they're just like, yo, Marvel Snap is stupid successful. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we got our golden goose. And it's just like, that we're not going to match this again. Because it was like such a perfect storm of like, I mean, it won a game award and it's keeping people happy and it's like gamers happy and it's making hella money. Yeah. Hella money. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I, I, my big hope here is that Marvel Snap is okay, right? Like, I, to, to your point, it's making so much money that I can't imagine it not being okay, even if somebody comes through and scoops it up and is like the, the next owner of it. I would think that you look at Marvel Snap and go, "Don't touch a thing." Yeah, <laughs> like, let that continue to raise money in. They're just good, man. Um, all right. Well, moving on from that story, number seven, Destiny Two: The Final Shape expansion has officially been pushed. Uh, Destiny the Game Twitter account tweets. The release date for the final shape has moved to June 4th, 2024, to allow for an even bigger and bolder vision. New content available is also in development, including Destiny 2 Into the Light, a two-month content update for all players starting in April. Cool. Wow. This was, you know, uh, reported before, and then Bungie came out and were like, nah, we're still, we're still doing this. It's still coming out in February, and then now we get the official um, delay of it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. I hope and, it's great when it comes out. Yeah, and to Barrett's Barrett's point earlier about like 2024, like it's it's interesting that like we still have so many questions. Like I feel like this always happens, but after the game awards, I think it'll be a little bit more clear like what 2024 looks like. But yeah. we do have enough release dates already to kind of be like, okay, like we're starting to see a picture of this, and yeah. now getting dates all the way out till June. It's like, all right, cool. Not the Destiny two. The shape shifting face or whatever the, the hell final it is. shape the final shape uh is is going to be like you know the biggest release of all time but uh-huh. like this is kind of a big deal and like yeah. the destiny 2 expansions always get attention and like conversation going so um yeah them holding down that spot makes sense to me especially knowing that it's uh very close to um summer game fest yeah right like I don't, I'm not expecting too many major releases in June otherwise, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think right now, you know, I think the, after Game Awards, you make a good point that after Game Awards, we're going to have a pretty good lay of the land of what um, 2024, at least the first half of 2024, looks like. But I think even now, when I think about this year, or when I think about the upcoming, let's say, first half of 2024, compared to previous years, I might not, even, I might not include 2023 in it, because 2023 is insane. Um, but I feel like we have, like, a pretty standard looking first half of the year so far like february is packed as like it has been for the last like five years or so right but you look at february and it's we got a date for persona 3 mm-hmm. suicide squad hell divers um mario versus donkey kong final fantasy 7 rebirth you know and, then, not, baby. and in january right january you got tekken 8 like a dragon infinite wealth last of us part 2 remastered prince of persia prince of persia oh, yeah, Crown. like already the first couple months of next year are looking insane oh, yeah. and i think game awards we're probably going to get a few more days for March, a few more days for April, and then 
Yeah, like, I think once we get into next year, we'll learn about what the second half of next Absolutely. year Absolutely. Like. And I mean, yeah, just jumping in there with Nintendo, we yeah. have Pizza Showtime, Peach. Yeah. we have Thousand Year Door, like we have Mario, or Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, the remake, three or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. But Mario like, versus Hong Kong. You know, those are all, uh, we imagine, I, th I forget what the latest date was, but I think it was like, like July, Ju I think. Summer, like, yeah. So, like, we know that we're going to get a bunch of Nintendo shit uh, month to month, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, you were talking about Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, Imran the Don Khan came through last week, and me and him went through both of the Rebirth trailers uh, and just breaking down our theories and like what we think we're seeing. You can check it out on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, but oh. it was awesome. Uh, it was about almost an hour of us uh, talking, having a good time. And uh, he blew my mind at multiple points about what he thinks might be going on. A couple fun, fun things in there. So highly recommend y'all check this out. It's a great conversation as someone who didn't love a uh, remake. Just like a lot of the theories that y'all were talking about. It's like, damn, damn, I'm being brought be back cool. in. Could I'm be being cool. brought back in. Yeah. So y'all should check that out. Oh yeah. I'm hosting. Yeah. Um, but y'all checking that out. Hopefully it's not that far away. But if I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? <laughs> you look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every week. Do, 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 yeah. Out today we got Suicide Guy VR Deluxe on PSVR 2. <laughs> Suicide Guy. Suicide Guy VR. Okay. Barrett, I'm going to need a trailer for Suicide Guy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> New dates for you. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 is getting a showcase November 28th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, cool. Cool. Uh, deals of the day. Ubisoft's currently giving away the PC version of Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is, if I remember correctly, very highly rated on Barrett Courtney's Assassin's Creed. Some would say it's the best Assassin's Some Creed would. still to this day. Some would. There it is. Look at that. Number one hey, spot. The, the art style of the Suicide Guy, a lot more cuter than you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. It looks very Wreck-It Ralphy. Yeah. It kind of does look a bit Wreck-It Ralphy, but you're like in first person. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yep, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. We're going to stop yep, that trailer. Yep. 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 Yeah. All right. Cool. Um... Wow, what a show, Bless. What a show. <laughs> what a, show. What a we, time. We run the here. twist, the turns. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to let us know what we get wrong as we screw it up in the show. Um, let's see. Ooh, some good ones here. Jorel writes in, Babe Pig in the City was not in New York. It was in a fictional city of Metropolis that was a combination of many cities. The Eiffel Tower is seen next to the Empire State Building in front of the Sydney Opera That's House. That's insane. What the fuck, That's man? awesome. I'm, All right, we gotta do. We gotta do. Uh, babe in review. Babe in review. We gotta it's do time. it. Is Dude. it part? Is that part of DC Universe? Since they're in Metropolis. Metropolis, man. <laughs> these are very important questions. I watched Babe uh, for the first time since I was a little kid uh, last year. Mm. That is a ten out of ten motion picture. I'm not even fucking kidding, dude. It is. I thought it was like, oh, it's a good for a kids movie. Nah, man. Babe really? is incredible. I don't even think I've heard of Babe. What? Pig. Babe. A pig in the in the city. No, just look up Babe. Just Babe. Just Pig in the babe. City was the, <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> okay. I, I, don't, oh, I, I haven't, re I haven't never watched mind. it, so I don't know. Never mind. I've seen this fucking pig. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this pig. Man, you need <laughs> to show, throw some respect on Babe's Let name. Let me tell you, when you, when you type in Babe <laughs> into Google Images, yeah. you get a bunch of the movie, but then you scroll down and <laughs> you get some other images. Yeah. Like, no, Babe's a big deal, dude. Yeah? Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me look at some shit up real quick. I don't remember like, the sequel, Pig. Wow, you just unlocked a memory for me. Holy shit. Was so, this like one of those ones that was on TV all the time? I mean, I guess, but like, dude. In like it, 2000? So it, the screenplay was by, by George Miller. 
So like this is like some real oh, shit. real serious shit, man. Like the Mad Max guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It, it, it yeah. won some awards. Yeah, yeah. No, this shit. What, what did it get? It, it, several Babe Academy off, man. Academy Award nominations. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good for you, dude. What did the, Babe movie? When did that come out? Babe. Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. Yeah, dude. I've never seen it in theaters. The year after Lion King. That's crazy. Yeah, I. <laughs> Big couple years for animal. We're movies. Talking animals. Yeah. Um. Uh, if you were correct me from before talking about. Me and Mike had a big old conversation about crocodiles and alligators in GTA yeah. 6. Mm. You learn anything important? Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want one, I want one or the other. Whichever ones are native, or maybe not native, maybe that's, whichever ones could possibly appear in Miami, I mm -hmm. want those in GTA 6. Gators? I want an alligator Gators. in GTA 6. Yeah. Let us know in the comments below if you want an alligator in GTA 6. I, I saw a leaked map of mm -hmm. GTA 6. Which like ninety five percent wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. Because let me tell you, there's so many bridges and islands, and I was like, that seems like a gameplay nightmare. You want me to be on fucking bridges for half my time playing this game? But I was looking at it, and I was like, oh man, a bunch of tropical islands though for a GT. Like that sounds kind of cool. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Go hunting. Yeah. Hunt some alligators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gators on the mind, everybody. Uh, mind. This week. We got a whole bunch of cool people hosting. We have Greg and Bless tomorrow. Blessing Greg on Wednesday. Whoa. Blessing me on Thursday. And then Mike and Andy closing out Friday. Let's go. That should be a lot of fun. Um, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday. We get together to talk about video game news. We're about to do a super fun post show where Andy Cortez is going to join us. You can get your super chats in on YouTube. You can get your hype chats in on Twitch. And we will answer all of your questions that you throw our way. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Welcome to the stage, Andy Cortez, after he gets a chair. <laughs> he was about to be here, then he left. He left my cold heart. You fuck with Babe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this has to be some Mandela Effect thing. There's no way all of us were big Babe fans. No, dude, Babe's so good. There's a classic yeah. line. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That's like that's like a, I I like every home had a VHS of Babe. I barely yeah. remember Babe. that old dude Donkey. He says that too. <laughs> there now there's a night like I didn't know that Babe still fucked. I didn't either until last year. Like until you saying that right now. Like if you just brought it up, I would have been like, yeah, I watched Babe as a kid and it was mm -hmm. awesome because it was a CG pig and that shit was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know it was still awesome. Everybody, I have the limited edition Steam Deck OLED. Fuck hey. you. Look at this. Look at, I need to see you turn this thing on. Look at this view. You have to sleep oh sometime, Oh, my God. Andy. Oh, Holy maybe, shit. Oh, I can't, I can't see this. Maybe actually. it already I can't has. See Fuck, this. this is bad for maybe me. Maybe it already has uh, Hyperlight Drifter. I don't know how that got on there. Oh, so <laughs> so wait, 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 hold on. Let me see this thing. Uh, is the, the translucent with the orange the only option, or can I get... That's the limited edition. But can I get the one terabyte OLED? Black. You can? Yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That's really not good for me, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Welcome in, everybody, to... This little post show, prime time, super oh chat, super time, prime time. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you all had a great holiday. Um, let's read some resubscriptions and some super chats from anybody who wants to throw over them dollars to get their questions read or just resubscribing if you have prime. That stuff's free. If you have a little Twitch prime, if you have Amazon prime, I needed what we should have done is had everybody talk to their sit their relatives down and they think they're going to like oh man our young niece or nephew is going to sit us down for like a really serious political mm -hmm. chat here and they're going to be can like I, can I pop into this? I need yeah oh no no oh, never mind shit, it's, not, it's, not, it's not um downloaded 
Okay. I needed everybody back home to be like, who has Amazon Prime here? Mm. To kind of collect all the information and get a bunch of Twitch Primes for us. It's kind of funny, but we can do that maybe over the holidays, uh, over Christmas. Um, I didn't get to do a Thanksgiving with my family, thank God. Um, but I like the idea of sitting down and like, what's the what's the craziest question I could ask right now? You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> like, you know, sitting down with my family, and being like, it's about to be insane. Like, you know, like, who at this table do you trust the least? <laughs> Dude, that's that's so funny you say that uh-huh. because not surprisingly, I was watching Real Housewives this weekend, and the the worst thing they do is they sit down at a dinner table all together and they're like, let's play a game. And it's never a game. The game's always, hey, if we had to boot one person out of the group, who would it be? Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, like, that's what I'm trying to be. And I was like, I was talking to G, I was like, can you imagine if we, that was the KF podcast? And I was like, in certain ways, it kind of is sometimes. And I was like, but there's a reverse psychology to it. Where I was like, you could learn a lot about the KF podcast and about the way we think. Because the answers we give to those questions are never the right answer. You know what I mean? Right. Who are we not saying? You know what I'm talking about? Those are the secrets. Secrets revealed. I feel like I just... Show them the, the length for double. Menu looks it's a, so good. It's a bloody length for double. These menus look so great. Um, Bless just wants to play Among Us in real life with like oh, booting people out all the time. I literally, I, I, I pitched a friend. I was like, yo, what if I threw the biggest and greatest game night of all time? And it was like a triathlon of gaming where we start off and it's like a video game tournament for the first third. Second third is like tabletop stuff culminating in some kind of like deception, like social deduction slash deception type game, like an, like a real life Among Us or Mafia or one of those things. And then the last third being like I throw like a big trivia like Jeopardy thing, um, and I make it an all day event and like we split up into teams and like we actually, yeah make it a big thing. So Tim, I'm gonna need to the studio for that. <laughs> oh, I love it, love it. Let's go. I mean, also for one of the Thanksgivings, you did host a. Uh... I did host Mafia. Mafia. Yeah. And I want to like, I want to do that, but like make it bigger. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I'll actually think it through. Cause I was coming up with a story for mafia on the spot and everything was, <laughs> every person died because they choked on a different Thanksgiving item. <laughs> <laughs> it was usually the same one. It was usually a fucking turkey leg. Oh, oh man! Oh uh, man! Last night Barrett was eating a turkey leg, and oh, he started coughing. <laughs> That's how every single person died. And this motherfucker, it was like, you know, everybody go to sleep, and you wake up. It's still Thanksgiving. It's still and, Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, several days of just like, all right, it's still Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Ari's eating some mashed potatoes, and <laughs> a weird holiday. Turns out Ari's allergic, but got. then she falls back and lands on an EpiPen, and she's safe because the nurse saved <laughs> saved her. <laughs> TJK, Dan Rolls, Boss Jacob, let me flash on a faint aphid identity, Skull Bonzi, Lego Jesus. Skull Bonzi. All resubscribed on you. Twitch. Some of them using Prime. Oh, so I saw you had Chance of Sonar on there. Start playing that over the weekend a little bit. I am not smart. <laughs> I, I am a dumb, I'm an idiot. There, I am so lost in this game. There, there will be some guessing game in there. There will be some like. Well, I mean, it's got to be this one. Let me place it in. Oh, it did. Oh, that one worked. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's where I'm at. I'm looking at the book, and they're, like, showing me three images, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do not know what any of these symbols mean. I'm near the end of it, and it is, like, I'm trying to do fractions, and it's, it's <laughs> wild. Um, uh, But, yeah, a couple of people resubscribed with Prime. Some of them were Tier 1s. Like, Boss Jacob was a Tier 1 for over three years. Taylor to think gifted two subs. We got Lakers head. 78 months as Pikmin Four should be on the game of the year list instead of Mario Wonder. There you go. And I, I love Pikmin Four fans because they they ride ride or die for their game. Good for yeah, that, yeah. man. Uh, I got some questions about this OLED because I'm on the brink. You know what I mean? I'm about to jump. Mm-hmm. All right. 
I'm looking at this thing. My, my problems now, they've solved so many of them. But my problems are, don't love how much bezel there is. I get that I'm just being a little picky boy here. Well, there's that much bezel because it's a, uh, it's a 1280 by 800 display. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a them problem. So most games are going to kind of cut off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is less bezel than the OG. The other one, yeah. But yeah. I mean, even just looking here, just looking at the actual bezel. You know what I'm oh, saying? sure, 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 sure. Um, and then the other thing is, I can't figure out a way to get my fingers comfortable with the shoulder buttons. Like, so that, that's where the back buttons come into play for me. For like games like Neon White, where I'm using a lot, where a lot of it is trigger and shoulder. Yeah. I just focus on doing trigger and then the back buttons. Yeah, and see, I, that's, I'll remap. I was, okay. Yeah. So uh, that's my biggest tip if you, if you do uh, the jump. And then another one, Andy was talking about like some games, uh, you know, it'll be cut off and won't fully um, kind of fill the aspect ratio uh, with the 1200 by, or, yeah, 1,200 by 800 or whatever it is. Um, if you play around with some back-end stuff, you can make a lot of games fit that uh, aspect ratio. And, and some games do run at 1,280 by 800 anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, Hyperlight Drifter wasn't because that's just a much older game, but like Chance of Sinar does. Um, yeah, a lot of them just have that kind of built into their internal resolutions. But are you just like over the moon with this thing? Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, I was sick all weekend, and like all I did was play Chance of Sinar and um, um, Blasphemous 2. Real good time. Real I played, good time. I played some Zenba. Oh yeah. Yeah. On my uh, some emotional like, times. Oh man, I like that game had me in my feels. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I might talk about it on like PS Love or something, but it's a good game. Josh Topher, with 73 months total, 27 in a row, says thanks for always entertaining using Prime on us. Jamal Live 66, Rook 38 Ooh. months, DC Sports Fan 73, Invisible Man 23 months of Tier One love, Thank somewhat you. Dark Knight. Two years of support using Prime. Keep them Primes coming. Thank you, everybody. Buckskin Stud, a $2 Super Chat says, love what you guys, love you guys. Have a have a gooder day. Okay. Cool. Arturo Tron, Robo Bartender, five months of Tier 1 love. We got a $5 Super Chat from Jace Drone. It says, is there a non-spoily way to have a best hype moment category? And why would Final Fantasy 16 take every single nomination? Maybe Rusty from AC6 takes one slot. No, I can think of a couple of from Tears of the Kingdom that would be there as a well. Few, a good few. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the problem. We could do it, but like, there's no way to spoil it. Yeah, no. Like, that's that's the whole point is the spoilers. Turn right? off your camera. But yeah, yeah like, I, I think we're going to do something like that. Yeah, I think we got to be going to do like a best moment. But like, yeah, that section, we'll just have to be like, yo, like, yeah. we're going we're spoilers, spoiling. which we did last year too. Yeah. For, because I remember I talked about it. There's some armor core moments I might throw in there. There's, I mean, Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Sky Forceland, $10 super chat. Uh, thank you, Sky. Very, very generous of you. He says, Sup, y'all. I need video game soundtrack re recommendations. Ooh. I prefer ambient orchestral stuff like Firewatch, Horizon, Last of Us, Life is Strange, but I'm open for others. Thanks. Nice jacket, Tim. Near Automata thank will you. always be my recommendation. The near orchestral soundtrack is fucking incredible uh and a lot, a lot of it is vocals like a lot of it is like choir um vocals and they're all singing and chanting in a made-up language and it's very it's very cool uh i would also throw a near replicant there because oh yeah uh different vibes but a little bit more in tune with the the vibes that they were looking for i would say but the, auto uh, automata has that as well the biggest cheat code of all time is just look up distant worlds which is the final fantasy live orchestra situation there's like seven different um albums that they've put out and it's just a 
greatest hits of every Final Fantasy song, but like fully orchestrated. And it is just gorgeous, man. And like you're talking about music from every single Final Fantasy. So it's like, there's so much good stuff in there. And there's like, what's great about it is like, there'll be like, some of it's a mix of all the games and some of it's just Final Fantasy VII or just Final Fantasy VIII. And like when they do that stuff, it'll be like, those who fight further, which is like one of the fight songs from Final Fantasy VII, on one of them is fully orchestrated, but then the other is like just a solo uh, pianist. And it's like, you get a, a lot of variation and stuff, and it's unmatched, man. We got Paper Feller, 14 months with Prime. Jay Bledsoe, 52 months with Prime as well. Deadhead, another 14 months. 28 total with Prime. That was 14 in a row. A first-time subscriber. Shout out to Hellhound using your Prime on us. First time ever joining the Kind of Funny Games Twitch community. Welcome in. Rollus Racer with three years total. Says three years already. Thanks for all the good times, Kind of Funny crew. You all rock. Thank you, Rollus Racer. Thanks for using your Prime on us. Jeff Jeffaz, 60 months. That's five years. Says, Andy, what, do you, what did you think of football over the weekend? Um, it was a good, some good football. The Eagles and Bills game was just so back-to-back nonstop. Um, luckily for the Eagles, they had the refs on their side. I'm an unbiased fan, though, so I'm just saying that as an unbiased fan. Not that I hate the Eagles or anything, but uh, um, very, very, um, very tough to kind of, you know, those pass interferences were never called. DJ Kento, thank you for your nine months of becoming a member here on the Kind of Funny Twitch or uh, YouTube side. Says, Tim, have you watched Sin City on your OLED yet? It's bananas. I have not. Uh, It is on my list, though. I've been uh, trying to make my way back through what they call, like, reference material which is like these are the 4k blu-rays you have to watch mm. for whatever um and yeah since City's on the list so I, i'm excited for that but i i don't own the the hd of, or 4k hd of that yet um but i did watch the first half of across the spider-verse this weekend i didn't mean to but i put it on i was, was like i'm just gonna watch there. i'm just gonna watch the intro and then it was like oh fuck i just watched for the last hour <laughs> you, know you just I mean? pulled the dad move and stand in front of the screen with yeah. your hand <laughs> <in your pockets. laughs> real time man <laughs> i'm like what am i doing yeah. here yeah. <laughs> you know, times cool greg's walked in just catching me doing weird ass shit and he never brings it up he never questions mm. what i'm doing but <laughs> it's weird <laughs> um arturo tron robo bartender with a two dollar super chat it says lasagna or chicago deep dish i'll go with why are we comparing the two well, well, just like, what would you pick, thing. maybe? Like, if, you know. Yeah. I'm going deep dish, though. I mean, like, yeah. Like, deep dish, at least you get... I, very few things I love more in life than lasagna. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking great. My problem is, it gets a little too samey too quickly. Because, mm. like, it all tastes the same. Like, you're getting every layer and every bite. Whereas, at least with the deep dish, the bread kind of, like, the, changes up the texture a bit, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's why lasagna, I like it when, it, when it's crunchy. You know what I mean? I need, I need some of those layers mm. to, to be burned a little bit. Yeah. So at least you're getting some variation in, in the bites. Go uh, ravioli. I'll throw a little dark horse in there. Because I, I was like such a, again, growing up, it was just like, here's some canned food uh, as over the summer, you know, mom's not here to cook for you. Just open up a little... Uh, Little fucking Chef RD ravioli with some. Oh wow! Little, you're, you're talking about those ravioli. Delicious. I'll fucking over deep dish Yo, I will fucking <laughs> right insane. now. If you gave me a Chef Boyardee ravioli, I would open that shit. I would just drink it. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, that's where you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bear, my my brain is broken because as soon as you said ravioli, my I immediately went to ravioli. Ravioli. ravioli, ravioli give, give me, me the, the formioli. Dumb. Fucking <laughs> adventure time shit is that? Like, <laughs> SpongeBob. Oh, so, <laughs> that's close. Um, Sean of a new age. 
Five years of prime gaming. Corey Cudney, 66 months, says, I went to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. We sat down and watched five hours of the new Squid Game reality show, Peak Family Visit. Awesome. Awesome. That's on Netflix? It yeah. is, yeah. Haven't I, made my way to that yet. Oh, I saw Blue Beetle. Oh, finally. I was like, not terrible. Yeah. Not huh. terrible. I like way too long. Yeah. Um, but you know, all the jokes were made for me and George Lopez being a silly ass. Like, it, it got me good. I was I was laughing loudly in several parts. Um, and I just feel like it dragged on way too long near the end. But the action was cool. Susan Sarandon. I hated the half yeah. mask. The half mask looked terrible. When 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 they stomp on the MacGuffin and Susan Sarandon's like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> it's just wild. Best acting I've wild ever seen. in there. Can I can I tell you this pop grave headline? Sure. A, a Catholic priest has been stripped of his administrative duties after allowing Sabrina Carpenter's feather music video to be filmed in a Brooklyn church. The Diocese of Brooklyn says it was appalled at what was filmed. That is so funny. You watched that video? Yeah. No, I've not oh, seen it. Is it crazy? What's night. going on in the video? I mean, you know. <laughs> Sabrina Carpenter doing Sabrina Carpenter things? Yeah. Hell yeah. She's, she's carpenting. Hell yeah. CJ splits on with a $5 super chat. What does it feel like? Uh, oh, why does it feel like there's a pushback against Stellar Blade's Hominess, horniness recently, as opposed to near and Bayo. I feel like there's always pushback on those as well. Yeah. I think there's just more people feeling comfortable sharing their thoughts of being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Bayo is way more horny than near. I'm pretty sure, but I'm also I'm not really seeing the pushback on the celebrity stuff. But I'm also not on like the Reddit's. I didn't even know that game was horny. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, it's just. It, it's a weird one because that we haven't really seen much of that game anyway. So yeah, you, I think you have to be really in tune into those communities to see a pushback. But I haven't. I just find it. I mean, not there's always going to be a pushback if you know you got too much cleave. I'm just surprised there's a Stellar Blade community. That, <laughs> yeah, that game's not even out. Exactly. But like we've yeah. gotten like two trailers for that game. How are people already like in the in like in the Duffy enough to be arguing back and forth about like the the horniness of it? Because it's the internet. Yeah. Arsonist with a five dollar super chat doing the. Uh, the Triple H line right here says, Tim, what do you think about the crazy return Survivor Series? Our truth is back. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Our yeah. truth is back. And that, is, that is exciting. And Randy Orton has returned and CM Punk has returned. Um, what I think about it, I don't like CM Punk. I'm not a CM Punk fan at all. And I feel like as the years have went on and as more and more has come out about his attitude behind the scenes and like how everything went down at AEW recently, like it's at the point I know like, People we know have had bad interactions with him in real life. Me personally, he was the first interview I ever did. Like my, my first ever professional interview for IGN was with CM Punk. It was fine to me, but um, overall, like not a fan of him. And uh, I feel like he can be kind of toxic in uh, the sure. pro wrestling industry. And like, that's not what we need. We don't need shit like that. So on all that side, it's like eh, kind of bummed uh, that he's getting this attention and, and this all happening. Having said that, though, just as like taking out all the behind the scenes stuff and just as a product, holy fuck. Like, this is unbelievable. Him coming back was one of the most unexpected things. Like, I mean, it CM Punk returning to WWE in Chicago in 2023 His is hair looks so as good. crazy as if they said, if at the at Game Awards they announced, fuck it, Mario's coming to PlayStation 5. Like, that's how unbelievable it fucking is that this happened. I think he looks so much cooler with that hair, though. He looks dope. I didn't, I, I like, you know, I've just, I'm thinking of, like, him at his low, at the lowest, most recent times where he's on that stage with Tony Khan, and he's like, I work with fucking children, and his hair's all fucking, and it's like, just getting it shaved a little bit. I thought he looked awesome up there. 
Yeah, but we are definitely in a golden era of professional wrestling right now. Yeah, like, I need to get back into it. It's just there's, it's I just will, anything I had such can happen. A level of FOMO last night because like I stopped wrestling before even CM Punk entered into the scene. Like, I think right when CM Punk started entering is when I dropped off, and so like seeing the reaction for CM Punk, I was like, man, I've been out of it for too long because like I remember getting hyped over um, shit when I was a kid, right? Like the fucking like. Randy Orton, John Cena, uh, beef was like my entire tenure in watching WWE. And so many of those moments had me like, you know, over the moon about what was going on. Um, so yeah, like I was watching the timeline last night. And I was like, damn, dude, y'all are eating out here. Like, I need to get back into this because this seems like such a fun time. I mean, they did the thing where they pulled up the copyright. Like, it's the end of the show. I got goosebumps. Yeah. And the music hit after. And I, and I, and I was, I, I saw the Twitter thread that was like, yeah, Triple H planned it all by himself. Like, you know, he didn't meet with creative. He was in the room. He was in like the um, room running and all that stuff, calling for the logo, doing all that. And I'm like, that's fucking sick as hell. It's crazy. Dude. I mean, dude, yeah, the picture like, of them both, he's like, it's a cold day in hell. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn, dude. dog. I mean, it, well, because I mean, he famously went out and said, it'll be a cold day in hell before I return to WWE. Oh, yeah, that's it's why. Like, dude, there's so much stuff like going into this. And yeah, like what what's fun to me is that somehow in 2023 when social media is what it is and reddit is what it is and there are people that that think they know more and actually know more than the creatives at wwe of what's going on mm -hmm. um that there can be genuine surprises like this yeah. like and that there's good and bad there you know what i mean like but like last night we saw seth rollins yelling and throwing up the middle fingers at cm punk and we're all like how real is this? And the fact that I'm a 34-year-old man asking how real something is in wrestling is fucking crazy. But there's legitimacy to it. Yeah, I mean, that interview that, yeah, everybody's posting the interview of Seth Rollins being like, no, we don't want him back. He's a cancer. Like, he's a jerk to work with. No, I don't, we don't, I don't like him. Like, is that any secret that he's hard to work with? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that seemed kind of, like, real. Um but the, yeah, the flipping off, that may be exaggerated. Either way, it's cool as hell. Yeah. Um, the highest of arts. Who's the, who's the toxic um, the dude in community that everybody just liked? Chevy Chase. Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. It's like Chevy Chase. Going back. Exactly. <laughs> he yeah. showed up in the movie. Yeah, explain through. this to me like I'm a 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> BJ Bernardo, $5 Super Chat says, I had surgery to remove one of my kidneys last Friday. It was pretty scary, but for the record, I've, I lived, y'all. I'm going to credit it to I lived, bitch. Thank you, BJ Bernardo. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Um. And you'd been writing in quite some time of like updates from the hospital. So good to hear that you're on the mend, BJ Bernardo. Thank you for your $5 super chat from William Millard or Millard says, after seeing the state of cloud gaming over the last couple of years, what's our analysis of Stadia and how it would be viewed today? Uh, I think it would still feel like an extra, an extra, you know, competitor joining a race that's already lost kind of. Yeah, I mean, so much has happened with things like the the Steam Deck and NVIDIA GeForce and just like people have gotten it right and are as right as possible at this time with tech. And I feel like because of that, Google Stadia would have a better chance at surviving, but there's still so many things they would need to pull off that they just don't have. Like they have the cloud and they obviously like with Google, they're Google, they have the internet infrastructure but they clearly didn't have the connections to game developers and publishers and all of that that they needed. Whereas something like NVIDIA, they're, they're tapped in. Like yeah. they have access to that. And then on the hardware side, like we have so many other companies that are making things that make that product make sense. Google never quite did that. Yeah, and plus when you can just, you know, what cloud service should I sign up with? I see Xbox, 
I see NVIDIA, who does a lot of video game stuff, Google Stadia. I don't really know what they have to do with games. It's kind of a, a tougher sell, I think. Uh, DJ Kento says, bless, uh, blessing out here trying to glass onion you all with a $2 super chat. Glass onion. Well, you're trying to kill everybody at the yeah. dinner party. Oh, yeah, the movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. He sets yeah, it up yeah. as like a whole murder mystery. Drago gifted a sub. Smoke and token, 30 months Smoking of token. Prime Gaming subscription. We got Gary the Third, 65 months. Says, Hope you, happy holidays, y'all. Hope you had some... Hope to see some of you all at the Game Awards. Uh, bless. Yeah. And Greg Maybe you'll see me. will be there. Tyler's New Groove, 45 months with Prime, says, What game should I play over the break? RE4, AC Mirage, or Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty? I'd say Ooh, Cyberpunk. i say Cyberpunk. Same. I beat that over the break. My God. Yeah. What a holy shit. What that end, like, it's hard to imagine somebody not being emotional at that ending. It's insane how well it's they pull so it off. so damn good. $10 Super Chat from Michael Cardena says... Bless was wronged by your wrong last week. Crocodiles do live in Florida. So do alligators. Florida is the only place in the world where they coexist in the wild. Oh, so I've been right this whole but time. They're also, but it's also like there's the team is the Florida Gators. So that's why they're known for alligators. Gotcha. The college team. Uh, what are they doing in Florida? Why do y'all have both crocodiles and alligators? Bless, they have, that's they, insane. They have open hunting contests for fucking boa constrictors and pythons. Like they'll be like, go, go kill as many pythons as you get. The one who kills the most wins the award or whatever. Florida's like the Australia of the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Wild. Um, yeah, you like, <laughs> you'd see like that guy, the, the kangaroo fight the guy or whatever, yeah. like in Australia. That, that'll all happen in Florida. That can happen that'll in Florida be a Florida man sure. though, not the kangaroo. Yeah. Um, Lexi Gunner, seventy-seven months of tier one subscription says, "Cheer to the uh, cheers to the start of the great week, boys." Thank you, Lexi Gunner. We got Rob with half a year. Says, "Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving." Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lexi Gunner. Captain Mark says, "Tim, I just got an LG C3 OLED." <laughs> Are there Rats. any settings or quirks that I should be switching off with this TV? Switching yes. on or off? Whole bunch of them. And honestly, at this point, like I, I'm, we're so lucky we live in this world. But LG OLEDs have just kind of become ubiquitous with, uh, like, a lot of people own them, and they're kind of the standard TV. Like, even Best Buy presents it as like, buy this fucking TV. So, um, there's a ton of guides out there, and I don't think that uh, there's not like a specific guide of, like follow these. Like, it's just, always like your room situation kind yeah, of. Yeah, just YouTube LG C3 uh, settings, and like. If the video has a lot of views, it's probably going to be... Leave good. motion smooth on. That shit looks cool. Looks all fast. Shut up, Andy. Ra so ben Bloblick with three months of becoming a member on the YouTube site says, I finished Armored Core 6 for the third time after hearing Andy talk about getting back in new missions and the characters in New Game Plus Plus. Will you, will you play more? Oh, will I play more? Probably not. I mean, I, I hop, not in a serious way. I just kind of hop in every once in a while. I'll do a mission here and there, but I'm playing i got i started replaying uh uh resident evil 4 remake over the weekend uh apid louise and d fuller are putting artings.com uh with ratings.com without the a um yeah they're 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 i'd say the gold standard resource to at least start at but i feel like sometimes their information can look a little muddled because there's a lot of charts a lot of graphs and if you're just looking for like go to settings and do this thing my best advice just follow a youtube video pull it up on your phone and just do it along with them right 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 um, we got Brandon with 72 months of uh, Prime Gaming. Any chance of the end of the year, beginning of the year, screencast talking about your favorite TV shows and movies in 2023? Maybe. No, no plan for that yet. It depends on um, what is coming out. But there's a lot of shit to cover, uh, like entertainment-wise, during the break that we need to catch up on early next year. So I'm not so sure. Let me talk about Blue-Eyed Samurai. 
I've yeah. only seen the first episode, but that shit's yeah, oh yeah, it's very fuck, cool. Yeah. Uh, and the final one for now, we'll get back to him for uh, when we get back to the lab for streaming, where me, Nick, and Mike will be hopping into that new Ark Survival, Ark Evolved, whatever the remaster of the Dino Dino Survival, survival game is. Revitalized. That's the one. Uh, from Devante Chisholm, five dollars super chat says, "Tis the season of thanks." What are you guys thankful for this Offended. year? I'm thankful for having a roof over my head and my weighted blanket and my OLED. I should get a weighted blanket. Oh, you should. Yeah. Oh, that's actually yeah. really good. That's going to be my yeah. gift to myself. Yeah. It's Amazon not great right during now. the summer times when it's warmer. Not great during like October, which is our yeah. summer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. The rest of the year kicks ass. I'm thankful for Gia. And thankful only Gia. Gia. Not thankful for anything else. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm Barrett, how about you, Bird? Well, uh, blessed. Did you, uh, did you have something? No. He's looking up weighted. Blanket. I am looking up weighted blanket. Oh. <laughs> I got in trouble Bless this week. Is thankful for the idea of a weighted blanket. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I got, hold on, real quick. I got yeah. in trouble this week because I, I, there was multiple like Thanksgiving situations where I was asked what I was thankful for, and I named a whole bunch of things, and I didn't mention Gia at all. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna clip this out and send it to him. <laughs> uh, even though my uh, long weekend was busy as shit, way too many plans. Uh, also had uh, two different Friendsgivings. Um, I was thankful to see everybody because, you know, it's easy to, to not make time for the people you care about. And so it was nice to actually make that time and see people the last few days. Man, these are expensive. Bless, $27. But that's on the cheaper side. Like, the first thing that pops up, even for Cyber Monday. Oh, today is Cyber Monday, so I should get one today. Yeah. Um, like, what, original price, $76? Plus, you put, that, you put that shit but... on the Amazon credit card, man. You won't even think about it. You're paying like 12 bucks a month for that, dude. I'm not going to get his Amazon credit card. Like, I'm, I'm barely buying things off Amazon anyway. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that you got money back for that shit, Tim. I have like 700 something dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I had no... Awesome. I, anytime they would like always show me, here's what you have. And I'd be like, yeah, but that's but if like, I sign up for all the other bullshit things <laughs> or whatever. And I, I was like, oh, I actually, I do have this money. That's... Kind of cool. I um, had that moment recently with my uh, credit card of um, like points. I just went in the back end to see like what the points are. Points just sound like make believe things. And like I did the conversion rate. And I'm like, holy shit! I have so many points because you know me for years. I've been scheming. I do all the things to maximize it all. Yeah. But then I don't actually use it. I yeah. just I just I do the scheme, but I don't actually like like look at the results of it. And you get um, all the consumables in the game. It's and pretty you insane, them. man. It's yeah. pretty damn insane. Uh, we'll get back to super chats and resubscriptions. Thank you everybody for your uh, support here. And remember Wednesday on the Twitch side of things, I'm going to be doing an all day watch party. Uh, for one of the goals that we hit last year uh, during October for our Patreon pledge. I will be watching all of Midnight Mass because you all voted for Midnight Mass over the one that just came out uh, about Usher, Raymond. And so I will be doing that full um, watch party on the Twitch side. So we won't be live uh, on Games Daily or on any of the other like stream stuff. There will be no game stream. It'll be just be me on Twitch and all the Games Daily and stuff will be happening on the YouTube, YouTube. side of things. Yeah. So. We'll see you then. Remind anybody, if you see people in the chat asking, let them know it's Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Let's go. We'll Let's see go. you uh, in the lab, everybody. Goodbye.